What's up, people? I'm excited. We got a great show in store for you today. This one's all about the bros. We're talking proper lifting techniques, best exercises, creatine balance, and... Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up there, buckaroo. Aren't you forgetting something? You mean the proper amount of protein in the smoothie? Bro, no. We talking about our special guests here. Ah, you're right. Let's start the show. What's up to our 20 listeners? We double every week. We got ourselves a great show in store for you today. Uh, we got some pretty special guests. If you want to introduce yourselves, ladies. I'm Britta. And I'm Autumn. Yep. So I'm Demetrius. And I'm Demetrius. And Meech and Meech presents the Blurred City Podcast. So after last week, uh, how we were so out of pocket with our <laughs> review of Jurassic World Dominion, we thought we would just get a glow up real quick. So we have a lot of stuff in store today going to get into some introduce new segments get more in depth about who our guests are but first we always start you off with the legal spiegel uh yes and so the purpose of this podcast is to explore digital and print media all respective sources we reference are owned by their respective companies and our thoughts and opinions are strictly our own and do not reflect any biases or corporate agenda your discretion is advised. Cool. So before we get more in depth into our guests and just the different aspects of kind of touching on the topics for today, we always want to start with what's hot. What's the pulse of the people? So does anybody have anything you want to share? I mean, well, what's there to uh, what's there to talk about? You know, there's always the boys that's always going strong. There's always Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm going to talk about that one in a little bit. And yeah, just just everything's right as rain yeah so as the spring season starts to end also with the anime season we're about to get a new whole season of animes and also season finales but also just as an update next week since it will be by the time you hear this podcast the season finale of obi-wan our next episode is going to be a full obi-wan review as well as a discussion on star wars so introducing this new segment for the week we're going to get into our stupid character moment of the week Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got I got some things to talk about. So if you haven't seen this newest episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 5, then turn away now, even though it's not really too much of a spoiler. But Reva, come here. You didn't you picked the worst moment to try to go after Vader. Like you thought this man tried to get to Kenobi and fail. And you thought that moment was the moment that you decided to try, you know what? I'm going to go and run his pockets while he is probably the most mad you've seen him since episode three after he got burnt to a crisp. So, and yeah, that did not work out well for you, did it? Yeah, that's what I thought. So, uh, Reva, get your stupid character moment of the week. Nice. So, I have so much to say about that because... (laughs) When we talk about Star Wars next week, the the Star Wars fans are going to get us. But yeah, we've talked enough, so we're just getting ready to introduce our guests for today. Oh, so ladies, do you just want to? We've already introduced your names, but you kind of want to introduce yourselves. What kind of got you into just nerd culture as well? Yeah. So my name is Britta, and I am a geologist by profession. And I guess what got me into nerd culture is my dad was always really into uh, nature and 
we would take road trips and he would point out the different rivers and the different types of birds and all the environmental things that we would see. So I really got into environmental science that way. And my mother actually introduced me to video games. She had a Sega Genesis when I was a kid and we played Sonic and Family Feud. And um, collectively as a family, we decided to trade in our Sega Genesis for the N64. And then we got really into video games uh, ongoing from there. A trade, a trade. Yeah, um, my name is Autumn, and kind of similar to what Roda was saying, mine was definitely my family as well. Um, growing up, you know, I always heard stories from my dad about, you know, the first time he went into the theater and saw the new Star Wars movies that were coming out. And we're just a family full of, you know, passion, and we love a good argument and banter. So naturally, you know, watching these movies of superheroes and Lord of the Rings and all these things growing up, um, we just love watching it and then talking about it and having different opinions. Um, also very competitive. So we also played a lot of video games growing up. So we would have Tekken tournaments and, you know, Crash Bandicoot, all these kinds of things. It was like our family bonding for sure. So, yeah, it's just really nostalgic for me. And my family to this day still loves it. So do you remember your favorite second character? Your- Definitely Nina. My sister always played Christy. <laughs> so I was Nina as the second girl. So, um, but yeah, she was really awesome. <laughs> oh, mm. That's great. That's great. So what are some of your like, favorite shows growing up? Well, I think like a lot of us, I grew up with the Cartoon Network suite of of cartoons so johnny bravo courage the cowardly dog dexter's laboratory the whole uh, crew of cartoon network shows um also i really liked pokemon and that was a big household thing i remember my dad would always call it pokemon (laughs) (laughs) such a such a boomer dad thing to do Um, but I also really, my introduction to anime was, uh, totally spies. I was really obsessed with that one. And I watched Sailor Moon, although my, my mother never liked me watching that. And I never knew why until I got older. And then I watched an episode and I was like, Hmm, this is not appropriate for children. Sure. (laughs) Um, yeah, for me, of course, I will still watch it this day. Like SpongeBob is great for kids and adults. I love that. Um, I had a brother who's about five years younger than me. So to keep the peace and appease him, we'd watch what he wanted to watch on like long road trips. So automatically, it was definitely Power Rangers, Dino Thunder specifically. Yeah, we each had our colors. I was yeah. the Blue Ranger, no matter if it was a girl or boy. Um, <laughs> loved it, but that's specifically that one. The Dino one was great. Also, Beast Wars was a classic for us. We had all of the DVDs and stuff like that, um, quotable my whole childhood for us. So it was really trying to, you know, make my brother happy, but me and my sister low key liked it for sure. So those were some favorites. Nice, nice. And along with that, did y'all have any favorite characters and like why? I think um, this isn't a TV character necessarily, but I have just always loved The Legend of Zelda. It has, and I guess that's not really a a character because Zelda is obviously the princess and Link is the boy, in case you didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Common misconception Zelda is not the main character. Zelda is the princess, um, and Link is the adventurer that wields the sword, uh, the master sword, of course. And um, so that is just, I mean, from, I probably started playing. 
Um, I remember playing A Link to the Past, but I think the first one that really got me into it was Ocarina of Time. And that was just such a a bomb game like to this day it is still fun to play and that series has just progressed and um they still obviously have the latest game is breath of the wild on the switch but i just love that series i will play every zelda game that ever comes out for the rest of my life Um, My answer is really basic. My favorite character is definitely Iron Man. Because that was one of the first, like, movies. I'm like, oh, like, I I really like the first movie. I know that may not be a fan favorite, but that's my favorite. And I, yeah, yeah. And I loved how he's changed over the years, you know, into this more father figure and stuff like that, too. So I like him at first, and he's grown on me even more. So that's one of my favorite um, characters. Nice, nice. I mean, the movie's better than the first Thor movie. Actually, the first two Thor movies, I'm even going to cap. So you you good there. But how come y'all never left this life? I think that we as... I mean, I grew up in the 90s, you know, so I feel like we, or I should speak for myself, I specifically have gotten to see these characters and these games progress as technology has rapidly changed and has rapidly um, gotten a lot better in the graphics and the, the control handling and even just, you know, watching Jurassic Park as a kid is a vastly different experience from 1993 when that movie came out to 2022. You know, the graph, like the CGI is just incredible now. And I think that instead of these characters in this culture dying with the times it has evolutionized is that a word evolutionized (laughs) i'm a scientist and i say that it's now a word (laughs) the the characters have evolutionized with the technology to become even better and more enjoyable as a complete experience yeah yeah i like that um for me i think it's just the fact that it stems from my family you know i'm big on family i love my family and it's something that we now bond over so there's always something new coming out you know my dad grew up reading the comic books that are coming into life you know now and so just like a multi-generational experience for everybody um and yeah we grew up on it and so yeah love my family and they love these things so it's just in my life All right, ladies, so what are you into now? Um, Well, as far as video games are concerned, I am still playing Breath of the Wild after it being out for, what, three years now on the Switch. And the reason being is because it's gorgeous. Um, It, from a geological perspective, it is fantastic. The mountains look exactly the way that they should be. The ocean is exactly where it would be in relation to the mountains and the desert, orographic precipitation, the whole nine yards. Um, Also, it's not really nerdy, but I'm watching Better Call Saul, which is fantastic. And a little fun nerd fact is the one of the main female characters in Better Call Saul is actually the voice of Friday, which is the computer voice in the Avengers and Iron Man and uh, Peter Parker's suit, their helmet. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Physical facts. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. Um, me, I am, of course, like everybody watching Stranger Things that just came out. Um, I'm behind, though, because my roommate was just watching with me and she ditched me. <laughs> so, yeah, shout out to Chanel. Um, <laughs> Burn. <laughs> 
Um, and also, I just ended grad school like in December, so I'm trying to get back into reading because I didn't really have time for pleasure reading while in grad school. So I'm trying to find a good book series that's similar to kind of like The Hunger Games and Maze Runner from when I was a little bit younger, you know, with a good balance of like romance, sci-fi, like super awesome. So if anyone has any suggestions, send them in. Maybe the guys will tell me. Yeah, I just read A Court of Thorns and Roses. Super good, very fantastical, magical creatures. Oh, yeah, yeah it's awesome. very suspenseful, very cool. Awesome. Nice. And you are on the pod with two people that write, so. Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah. Put your plugs in again. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we've been in the paddle bolts, sightseeing, had a lot of fun so far, but it's time to hop off. It's time to go on our deep dive. So, I think we would be remiss having a woman on the show for the first time, our first guest ever. Whoop, whoop. But really just getting into women in nerd culture, kind of how you feel their places are, as well as kind of just the evolution you've seen over time. All right, so um, just talking about women in nerd culture, we're gonna get into some of what are the stigmas and barriers that women face, face in this space. I know, Meech, uh, we've had some talks offline about this, so I want you to take a deep breath. We're being classy this week after last week's <laughs> shenanigans. So do you want to talk about fridging? Okay. All right, all right. I'm, I'm going to be classy this time. I'm not going to be as out of pocket as I was last week. So, yes, I do want to talk a bit about the concept of fridging, which, as you all don't know, is when a female character or just female in general is pretty much used as a plot device or kind of an object and essentially either their either harm is done to them or just anything tragic happens to that person solely for the purpose of making that male character have some type of development whether it be going on a revenge quest or have just so much trauma like they may withdraw, withdraw in or suffer some ptsd is just all serves to be just a plot device and it's honestly something really terrible and it is frankly disgusting in my opinion due to just how like we're in 2022 we should be past this by now yeah yeah ladies you want to just touch on kind of what they're talking about yeah actually Meech, it's interesting because i think that what you described fridging is a symptom under the umbrella of a deeper and larger issue which is female characters in nerd culture exist solely to highlight something about the male character for instance um like mj and spider the spider-man series solely exists to pull at peter parker's uh priorities you know as being the girlfriend that is at home waiting for him not wanting him to get hurt you know and he's torn between like having a normal life with her and like doing the hero thing and you know we see that a lot as women just existing as the romantic -ish interest or the domestic person like dragon ball z right like uh you know yeah it's like 
she like his wife is just literally waiting at home with the baby and that is her role for what like three seasons or something like that the entire series series, yeah like all of it just being like oh no come back like (laughs) i'm waiting for you why aren't you here more and it's like we honestly kind of come to dislike these female characters because they are pulling our main character away from their destined purpose of being the hero or being the one or the chosen or whatever it is the purpose they are serving in their story we have the female character on the side whose role is to pull them away from that yeah yeah i definitely agree and i think to add to that even more so from a like the aspect of being a fan i think there's a lot of stigmas and barriers too i kind of like to compare it to like if you're a female and a sports fan Mm -hmm. you know like as soon as you say you're into sports you automatically get questioned on okay, well, like, what was so-and-so's batting average in 05? You know, and it's like, okay, sorry, I don't know all of the details. Exactly. (laughs) So unless you know all the details, you're not a true fan, you know? And I think that's definitely a stigma. And also, like, another component, I think, is you have, I think, two distinct roles as someone who's a female that enjoys this type of um, um, entertainment. And that's, you know, someone who it's attractive that you like it because you yourself are attractive and you're into it and you play video games. And that's something that like some men are more attracted to when you do like that. And then also someone who is just very, you know, a nerd automatically. So I think even within the realm of being a female and enjoying this type of um, entertainment, you have these two distinct things as well. Like, Oh, it's hot because she plays video games right or wow she's a real nerd because she plays video games you right know, that type of thing so. yeah I, I like that you said that because i think that is a direct reflection of the women that we see on nerd media which mm-hmm. is these two there's there's two types of women if they're not the bench warmer wife romantic interest then <laughs> then they serve Uh, one of two purposes and that is to be the um attractive petite cute overly sexualized uh female character that is helpless weak a damsel in distress overly emotional really compassionate you know wants everybody to get along and or you have the opposite of that which is the angry closed off uh tragic background i think actually wreck it ralph did a great job of satiring this with i think it was sue or something from the bug the bug fighting universe and she was like right. i have a traumatic past i thought that was hilarious because it's so true it's like every tough hard mm-hmm. female character is has this very over dramatized tragic past that makes her cold-hearted and angry and vengeful towards the world and she's closed off unapproachable like usually more unattractive than attractive um and it's kind of like this unfeminine female character that's portrayed is portrayed as being more masculine yeah i know a stigma that i've seen a lot is definitely the arm candy one Mm -hmm. um with spider-man being my favorite superhero (laughs) which which is just crazy like it's like when i'm watching it it's like i don't really think too much about it but just seeing that the way that mj gets treated is like you're like oh yeah she's his number one but at the same time it's like she serves no purpose other than to boost up peter parker right she falls a lot yeah she falls off buildings a lot (laughs) (laughs) just in the wrong place at the wrong time right always getting kidnapped or something yeah 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 i think on top of that um 
there's definitely the portrayal that women are just ruled by their emotions and that's either emotions of love and like you're just blinded by this person that you're in love with or like Britta mentioned um like your past and your trauma and you know you kind of overcompensate and become this person that is detached from their emotions you know there's really no and of course they're just movies so of course there's character character development and all these things but there's no like just healthy emotional woman you know i think that right. kind of plays off of what women are perceived as just in general right. right and you do see that in male characters you see a lot of male characters that have struggled or have faced trauma but yet rise above it and make the right decisions and become heroes and learn from their mistakes learn from their experiences but you you just do not see that in the female characters yeah, yeah, that's really true. Especially with just Thor coming out, I like how both of you mentioned that. Where we look at this is a spoiler warning for Doctor Strange. So if you have not seen it, <laughs> skip ahead fifteen seconds or so. But with Scarlet Witch, her main motivation to becoming a villain is essentially that she her she has lost her brother, she has lost Vision, she has lost her fake kids. Let's be honest. And <laughs> then, they were real to her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and. She just becomes a menace, but with Thor, he literally lost his mother, he lost his dad, he technically lost his sister, he lost his brother in front of him, he lost his entire home, and then he feels responsible for like half the universe getting wiped out because he didn't cleave Thanos' head off. <laughs> but at the same time, the worst we saw is, okay, we got Fat Thor, which was hilarious, but at the same time, now in the new one, we see him now in God Bod. So just with that, like he gets to be the hero. He gets to have a happy-go-lucky life. He just gets to, you know, redeem himself in a sense and almost seemingly like, depending on how it goes, fall back in love. So how do you just view the stories also going forward being told? Because I know uh, for each and I, just seeing Black Panther, we were just super hype about it, seeing our own representation on screen, but also just even with that, there can be the flip side of you feel like the people are your enemies in a sense where it's like we walk out and we're going colonizer this colonizer that and but do you think that it should be told with a sledgehammer or a scalpel that's an interesting question you know i think that as a female viewer what is really the most impactful to me are the small details that i've seen in movies that are evident that a woman made that decision and i'll give you an example i feel like a lot of female characters in the past when they wear the superhero costumes or you see it a lot in anime or other shows where the woman is wearing this like stiletto boot heel which if you don't know that is it's the stick heel <laughs> and it's usually about four to six inches high <laughs> and um you know and i've always thought like seeing them run or jump off walls or fight and kick with it i'm like there's no way on god's green earth <laughs> that a female that a woman could do that in that heel uh, but when I saw Wonder Woman, I was so happy to see her wearing what I what I coined as battle wedges, <laughs> these wedge boots, right? Because I feel like any woman that has worn heels know that a wedge, you can do a lot in wedges. Yeah. Um, wedges give way you so fun. much more support. <laughs> and it was way more realistic that Wonder Woman would run around in these wedge heeled boots than a stick heel or a stiletto heel. And to me, I was like, I saw that and I thought, man, 
a woman directed this movie. And sure enough, it was a female director, right? And so I think that these small details of, you know, when you see things and you think, oh, a man designed that, you know, and it's because it's so impractical. Um, so, yeah, I think a, if, if I had to choose between the two, I would say a scalpel because I feel like it's the small things because women, I don't think most of us at least want the crazy feministic, we're better, like girl power, like I, that's not really what we're after. We're just after like being viewed as equal or just as important as the male characters or as the men um, in our fandoms. And I think that's just what we're looking for is, is equality and, and representation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that kind of playing off that, really just looking for a realistic like portrayal of what a woman is. And so I think one of my favorites um, in the movies is the um, Emma Stone's Gwen Stacy. I really love her. I mean, say what you will about the movie. Um, I know it's not everyone's favorite, but I loved her because it was so different than MJ, right? It was a love interest, but she had so many other things that she was involved with, right? She had her passions. She loved her family. Like, I think that she was a really good representation of, you know, a realistic woman, right? What, uh, right? And then just how she was portrayed made me feel like I can identify more, more with her. And of course, all of these movies, these are superheroes and different characters. And so they're not always the most realistic, but it's always nice to see a character that you can identify with. Mm -hmm. So I think for even young girls growing up, you know, you didn't really see that in these other women or it gave you just kind of a misconstrued view of what you should be as a woman, you know, always needing someone to come rescue you and things like that. And, you know, it's hard for me because those are just classic tales. Right. Right. Um, but I think that it does just kind of give little girl something else to be like i want to be like gwen stacy she's smart she's working you know and mm -hmm. she loves her family and of course yes there's like the other stuff on the side too but that wasn't the main focus necessarily so i really like that yeah i like how you pointed out that for that character being the romantic interest wasn't her whole world her yeah. whole universe did not center around uh Peter Parker, it, she had other things in her life, which is more realistic. And mm -hmm. I think going forward, stories should be told as real people, which are not necessarily overly emotional or stoic. I think strong women can be compassionate and um, not necessarily one or the other, but you know, we can be tough and thick skinned, but also dainty and feminine or we can be not quite so feminine, but still like maybe not necessarily running around in battle wedges, but we can <laughs> we can still kick butt and, you know, be feminine in our own way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you got anything? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I feel like like you guys brought up just excellent points on just how how the world is based. Basically, there's more to any size of a character, right? Mm -hmm. And like it, like as you say, like women, they're not just love interests. They're not just either the strong, semi-masculine types or the or just the dainty feminine types. I I really agree with what you said wholeheartedly because that's kind of like the similar wheels of what well, like of like other uh, cultures, like black culture and whatnot. It's like, hey, we're we're not all just this one thing, because mm -hmm. uh, at that point you're you're just uh, labeling yourself as a racist or a, <laughs> uh, or sexist in this case if you just if you think just one thing. So really, just just eye opening, really, just to make sure that we have that right mindset. Oh uh, yes, yes, I I do want to ask, like, what were y'all thoughts on Avengers Endgame and just 
the the female scene where at the end where all the women they came together to just kick butt and take names. I honestly, that was probably one of the proudest moments I had in female superhero history. Um, as a viewer, I was just, I remember being in the theater and having to like restrain myself from being vocal. <laughs> being one of those movie yellers. I was like, yeah, like, I was like, that's so cool. And I just really appreciated how they depicted these female characters working together. I think often, uh, women in media are pitted against each other as rivals um, because of jealousy or insecurities or whatever. But I just love how all those female characters were quite literally bouncing off of each other <laughs> and they were just kicking butt. And that was just so cool to see is like we had that one moment where women were really shining um, as part of the Avengers team. Yeah, I thought it was really cool too. And I think the cool part of it is I haven't really thought about the number of women kind of in these movies. So to see that there was enough for like a good scene was really awesome too. Just the number of women who have been in the movies and stuff. So it's really cool. Yeah, definitely. When I saw it, I was like, I see what y'all doing here. <laughs> and it's super fire. So yeah. <laughs> I, I was with it. But just going from there, we can then just talk about thoughts of on the evolution of representation over time. Okay, so I know for me, one of uh, just with representation over time, when I was even younger, I know, Britta, you mentioned earlier about just the Cartoon Network of it all. I remember Powerpuff Girls was one of my favorite shows growing yes. up, like <laughs> just Blossom, Buttercup, Bubbles. Bubbles was my homegirl, but I was definitely just a Buttercup fan with that. Um, so. And just even like with number five from Kids Next Door, but mm -hmm. then even growing up and seeing just the evolution of women getting their own shows, getting their own movies, how do you think it should evolve? Yeah, so it's interesting because when I was a little girl, um, my, I have two brothers and one of my brothers had a He-Man Masters of the Universe bedspread <laughs> and the other brother had a Incredible Hulk bedspread and they were both glow in the dark, by the way, which I was super awesome. jealous of. I know it was so cool. Um, and then I had a Barbie bedspread and that was just because that's what was available to me at the time, you know, circa 1995 and um, I think now we're starting to see a lot more female main characters as superheroes and in in other nerd arenas. Um, for instance, I really appreciated Wonder Woman for what it was. I don't think it was the end all be all of female representation. I didn't really like how emotional she was and it almost like blinded her to the truth i think that was one of the main plot points right is she was so focused on her own revenge or like her own sense of justice that she couldn't see what i thought was clearly in front of her and it made her look kind of like an idiot in my mind um and she was overly compassionate towards people and whatever um but i think that we are starting to see a little bit more of a balance um in in shows and autumn how do you what are your thoughts on this yeah um i totally agree with what britta said and i think that it's just interesting to see kind of the evolution from like when my dad was younger and what he saw and the types of things that he was reading you know like the comic book era and how that was really just made for young boys right to kind of read it and of course there were probably some women or some little girls reading it too um 
but that was definitely like geared towards them. And then now you kind of have moved into this new era, you know, with more of the live action makes of the comic books and and um, the portrayal being a little bit different. And I think just women being more involved in um, the scene of kind of like the nerd culture in general um, and being more um, interested and taking more of a role. So I think since women have gotten more involved, we now have more inclusion and representation in the films and in the books and things like that. And so I think it's really cool to see that kind of um, change over time, but I think it like matches and goes back on par with what we see in society, right? Of women just getting more involved in all aspects of everything. And I think that that's been, um, yeah, it kind of goes at the pace of what society does. Yeah. With more female writers and directors, we start mm-hmm. to see more female centered stories and characters like Ray in the new Star Wars movies, you know, versus her predecessor, predecessor, Leia, who was really just a glorified benchwarmer on the on the scene of the rebellion. And then we have Ray who takes definitely a more active um, fighting stance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and to Stephen, as you mentioned Princess Leia, the thoughts come to mind of the infamous slave bikini outfit. Mm-hmm. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness. But yeah, Meech, do you have thoughts on just the evolution that you've seen? Oh uh, yes, I definitely have seen, like in all my time of just watching, uh, just in the culture and in their media, I just definitely seen like evolution of women becoming more empowered over time and just going more from being the damsels in distress, you know, like your MJs, like Jean Grey in the X-Men movies. I mean, she basically was until the third one, but we're not going to get to talk about that one. Well, even then, she kind of loses her mind and yeah. her emotions, again, take control of her and she completely loses herself and becomes a villain-ish yeah. mm-hmm. character. So again, another one of those examples. Yeah, and now we're getting like more representation, like more uh, like more characters who are awesome. I can think of one like Furiosa in the Mad Max Ooh, movie, yeah. Mad Max Fury Road. She was just awesome. And I can think of others, you know, like Peggy, Peggy Carter or, or yes. Captain yeah. Carter yes. and just others. Just others, I mean, there's so many to to name off, but definitely like more representation over time and seeing women just pretty much have a much more prominent feature role and are able to do do pretty much more, if not a lot, if not even more better than sometimes even the guys. Yeah. Yeah. However, I do think too, though, with that comes other issues too. I do think that there has been a little bit of maybe overcompensation in the area of how women are represented. Um, For instance, like Captain Marvel, I think as awesome of a character as she is, and again, it could be some other things like actress choice and stuff like that. But I think it's way too overcompensated to earn the respect of the peers in the movie and, you know, um, just for being a female who's supposed to be a powerful character, um, making it more to where she's a little bit more one of the ones that's detached from her emotions and seems Mm -hmm. a little bit, you know, not what a powerful woman maybe wants to be represented as, you know? Yeah, it's like she was unapproachable. She kind of had um, a little bit of a case of RBS or RBF. And Do you want to explain that for the listeners? <laughs> yeah, so it just means her face is, is not approachable, yeah, and she always looks like she's mad, and um, she doesn't really make solid emotional connections with yeah. any of the other characters. 
And I think that kind of goes along with that dichotomy of the strong woman that is emotionally unavailable. Yeah. Makes sense. And just even sticking with the MCU, I know that, um, Britta, you had thoughts on the Black Widow movie. Oh my gosh, yes. Black Widow was perfection. Chef's kiss. I thought it was amazing how they told her story from childhood and how traumatic it was. And yet, as an adult, she wrestles with that, but doesn't lose a sense of humanity or compassion. She's trying to help uh, Yelena, and she is working towards seeking justice or maybe with a tinge of revenge, but it's very relatable. It's, it's realistic, I thought, and I just thought the action sequences were very empowering, and I thought she was pretty kick butt. But it's funny uh, because I saw that movie with a friend and when we were leaving, I was ranting about how much I loved it. And he was pretty blase about it. He's like, "Eh, you know, I thought Captain America was better. And I thought, really? I was like, because this, this and this. And I gave all my reasons why I thought it was so fantastic. And he was still unimpressed. And I, I turned to him and I said, you know, did you ever think that maybe that movie wasn't for you? you know like you weren't the target audience and i think that is something that people in the nerd culture or fandoms will have to come to terms with is that in the past uh superheroes and you know whatever fantasy or action movies have really been for made by and made for uh boys and men but I think we're gonna have to get used to the idea of maybe that movie isn't for you. Maybe you weren't the target audience. Maybe it was somebody else. Um, and that that might be a hard truth to accept, but we can't always be catered to. Yeah, definitely. I think it's obvious too in the video games too. I mentioned I played like Tekken growing up and I loved it. And my favorite character was Nina because I can at most identify with her, but there was still such a small amount of options, right? For mm-hmm. a woman or young girl playing this video game. Like there's right. so many different characters that a man, and of course I can play anyone I want, you know, right. but as right. a little girl, I wanted to play someone that I felt like most represented me. Right. Um, and so I think that it's totally true. Like the right. world's definitely changing, you know, and women and girls are getting more involved and as they rightly should, you know, like it's a very cool entertainment industry and just like everything, like it's just really awesome. And so I think the representation is there, but the adaptation again, and like the, um, making it okay. And like something that little girls can kind of see themselves in is definitely still getting there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, bottom Brady both bring up great points. Uh, one starting with just like comics, most comics were, I believe written 50s and 70s yeah, reigns right. for one of some of our favorite characters. And if we're being honest, uh, <laughs> those writers don't look like anybody in the room. <laughs> so they were definitely not directed to us. And just like with that, uh, a lot of writers come to the realization of like, oh, I don't have insert character um, or culture, however you want to describe it. And just with that now, going to Britta's point, we now see more women directors and writers and in the actual rooms and then also executives as well so with that you know like me and each are going to miss the stiletto hill things (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I don't know if I, I mean maybe we have them in Jordans, but um, <laughs> but that's something we would miss. Or just like even with a lot of writing, we're gonna talk about anime in like a few weeks, and we're gonna talk about some negative tropes, but definitely representation <laughs> and over sexualization of women is something we can talk about. Um, but just with that, like different key aspects of like armor or just like how they behave in certain situations, things that we could easily miss. So just that's, I think, the evolution of that. So I think also having you on, me and Meech talked before about how we blend in into our culture and just fitting in. And I think it'd be a great opportunity for just if you were to explain, like, how was it fitting in just in terms of fitting in with women as well as fitting in with just guys growing up? Yeah, um, I loved how you guys talked about the middle school sorting that went on. I think we all experienced <laughs> some degree of that. Yes, that's Sorry. middle school, the origin of all of our insecurities. <laughs> but I definitely went through a, a period where some of my friends were really into anime and they were, you know, granted, this is again, circa early 2000s. So it was all about the uh, the long, the black pants with the chains. And, you know, it was kind of this punk anime scene, scene. Yeah, yeah definitely yeah. <laughs> um you know i tried to get into like metal like corn and stuff and i just could not <laughs> i was not cool enough for that um but it was hard because i felt like to be interested in manga or anime it was you were either super weird like i had some friends that would wear like the cat ears and the, the tails and it, yeah it was something <clears throat> Um, and that just was not me. And if that's you, that's totally fine, but it wasn't me. And I felt like as a young girl who was in like enjoyed anime, that's how far you had to go mm -hmm. um, to be accepted in that crowd. Um, and then I remember I was on the school bus and we had assigned seats and I sat next to this boy and he had a comic book and I asked if I could borrow it, if I could look at it. And he said, no, it's violent. You wouldn't like it. It's gory. And um, and then like comic books aren't for girls. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, that's fine. Do you um, think that was a form of gatekeeping? Oh yeah. I think that, um, you know, as a, as a girl, like being with other nerds or whatever, it's like, I had to prove myself 10 times mm -hmm. as much as any of the boys. I had to know everything there was to know about Batman before I was allowed to read the batman comics and or watch uh one of my favorite shows was uh the batman the animated series and yes. it's like if i got one quote wrong i was completely uh invalidated as a fan yeah. of these of these uh universes yeah definitely um I too experienced the middle school sorting and that we all do. And it was funny because I don't ever feel like I really figured out where I fit in. Um, I guess if we're using stereotypes and just terms of like school kids, I would have been more so like a jock rather than like a nerd because I did play all the sports and you know, that was more of the type of people that I hung out with and the friends that I had were from. I played sports year round and I did that every day, you know? And so those were where my friends came from. Um, but then again, going back to my family, like that being something that we bonded over, like I did have nerd qualities and stuff that just, I didn't fit in with the quote unquote jocks. You know, when I talked about it, they'd be like, what are you talking about? But then I'm not nerdy enough, kind of what Berta was talking about, you know, to be with the nerds. I was too jockey for them, you know? So it was kind of this funny limbo 
that I experienced. I never really think I found where I did fit in um, fully. I just kind of had friends in different different realms based on what the circumstance was, what we were doing and, um, and all that kind of thing. So it's, it's kind of always been a funny, a funny thing because I've also experienced once I mentioned, I like something, oh, but how much do you like it? You know, or mm. like the gatekeeping thing, you know, like right. I'll, I'll determine if you can really like it or not, you know? Mm. And of course, if I got, as I've gotten older, it's kind of mellowed out, but it's yeah. always kind of been that way. Yeah, even still, you it's like you learn how to speak nerd with your nerd friends, and then you learn how to do the dugout talk exactly. with your board exactly. friends. Yeah, you know, talk nerd things. and then <laughs> Right. Could you imagine be talking about right. anime in the, in the softball dugout? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like what Meech said with code switching um, in our first episode. So just going from there, we can even get into kind of what's next in just female representation in nerd culture. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed obviously seeing the female centered superhero Marvel um, shows and movies. I'm really excited for Black Panther 2 to come out. I really, really hope they let Shuri be the next Black Panther. I am so prepared to be disappointed. However, I just really hope I'm not. (laughs) Um, It's it's great because Shuri is supposed to be the most intelligent person, not woman, but a person in the Marvel universe, even more so than uh, Iron Man or Dr. Banner. She is supposed to surpass them in her scientific knowledge and intelligence. And I'm just really excited to see what they do with that. And um, Disney, if you're listening, please, please let her be the next Black Panther. (laughs) And it kind of goes with this idea of you know if if a character could be female why not make them female you know like i think directors and writers have to ask themselves like could this character be a woman and if not why not and if it's because of a prejudice reason or for a legit character arc reason yeah yeah definitely i think that for myself i would just like to see more diverse kind of representation right of different types of women because there are women out there that have been portrayed and they can identify with what we've seen over the years in the movies sure that's totally awesome so i think what i exist somewhere exactly (laughs) (laughs) they do i mean yeah um so i think not just better representation because i think that kind of you know totally slanders everything that we've done so far but i think just adding in more diverse yes something that you know myself kind of growing up more tomboyish and you know not liking certain backstories that women have you know but trying to find something that i do identify with kind of seeing that a little bit more represented um in the movies and shows and books and stuff now um but i also struggle a little bit i think with wanting to keep hold of some of the tradition and classic that comes with some of these shows and movies while also kind of moving forward and evolving them so what do you guys think on that right i think we could definitely give our female characters some more dignity and specifically their costuming you know i like i mentioned before the battle wedges you know that's one thing but as a little girl i wasn't allowed to dress up like a super like one of the super women uh characters because the costumes were too revealing and i would like to see uh little girls be able to have uh, superhero bedspreads instead of barbie bedspreads like myself or a backpack or you know, being able to dress up for Halloween as one of those characters without it being overly sexualized. Yeah. So I guess you're not excited for the new Barbie movie. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, that are was- you? <laughs> I will say I have seen the Barbie Dreamhouse show uh, on Netflix, and it is um, actually pretty catchy. So. <laughs> all right Meech, what you got oh man uh, i know for me definitely again you guys touched on a lot of just representation but also uh like seeing more women as such just in positions of power to be able to make those decisions mm-hmm. uh you know being able to say like hey uh why not have the character be like this rather than this mm-hmm. or or just have like much more a realistic personality have them not be a damsel in distress have them be more of an active character than a passive one and i can think of just and also just a bunch of more like i mean in the comic book spheres like a lot of characters they still need some adaptation uh you know i can think of like joe mullen as the green lantern she's like one of the more recent ones but she's just an awesome female character or i can think of like ellie from the last of us uh, and just how yeah. Just how awesome she is, and just many different others. But yeah, so like when it comes to these characters, just add more representation, and then let the then let people of that culture be the ones in charge of that person. That because they have a much more personal, have a much more deeper insight than somebody else would. Yeah, and just for me, what I think is next is that um, just with the different representation, different people in charge, I think that we'll start to see women as more as humans and people instead of just like these objects that we don't know how to talk about so we put them into those uh two boxes i know just even with the backstory thing with women even in my first book i kind of like wasn't until i finished it where i was like i don't really like the backstory i gave this one character i need to kind of change it because it's like too cliche in a sense um but just we see certain things like that change but then also and just the bigger avenues, I think, with Miss Marvel, her getting her own show that Kamala Khan has the chance to energize this phase of Marvel the same way that Tom Holland did when he was introduced as Spider-Man. So I think just different avenues like that. And it, every time a woman gets a new lead role or a movie or show, yes, it is a big deal, but it's not like, oh, we have to trumpet it as such. It's like, hey, this is a great character. This is a great story. Let's celebrate it the same way we would celebrate any guy character. Um, So going from there, we're going to get into just uh, a new segment that I'm really interested in. It's called Make Your Case. Um, I'll explain it in a bit. But first, Meech, can you give us the sponsor for the day? Today's sponsor is Queenly Majesty's Yoga. If you're in a situation where your body is aching or you need to release some stress in your life, please come down and enjoy this nice workout. It will definitely release any unwanted toxins. It will definitely release all of the hormones needed in order to ensure that you live a happier and healthier life. So please sign up for the Queenly Majesty Yoga Program. Nice. Yeah, so I just practice a little bit myself now that we mention it but now that we've come up for air uh this new segment is called make your case so we have now that we have guests on we're going to have a list of questions that foster discussion and the entire point is to make your case take a stance and defend it all right meech do you want to hit us with the questions oh yes so for the first question you know how there is a bunch of superhero movies coming out like at least one or two every year and it's flooding the movie industry. Do you think that superhero movies are ruining movies? Oh, good question. That was good. 
I don't think they're ruining movies. I think I love superhero movies and they're just a different genre. This is kind of going off script, but I think what's ruining movies is all the dang remakes we have of all the other movies that were already great. So where, where were you last episode? Charlie, <laughs> talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm with you, Meech. Do you who's that? <laughs> the entire second part. I'm, I'll, I'll go list for that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Are superhero movies ruining movies? I don't think so. I think that superhero movies are accessible. You know, it's something that kids can enjoy, adults can enjoy um, from a broad spectrum of backgrounds and a good superhero story and film with lots of mix of action and and explosions, you know, I think that definitely appeals to a wide breadth of audience. Um, however, I do think that we are getting lazy as a consumer base and as a, um, I've obviously I'm not a movie producer, but I think that it is kind of the easy money, you know, the, the, the low hanging fruit, yeah. um, and they are always looking for that blockbuster instead of re- spreading it out into other genres that are a little bit more niche, but uh, could be higher in quality. Looking at you, Morbius. <laughs> the re-release of failure. But yeah, we, we mention it every week, Meech and I, uh, it's about the money. So even with last week in the Jurassic World review, <laughs> it made $160 million at the box office opening weekend, which is incredible. Did it deserve that much? Well, inflation. So, <laughs> so just with that, I wouldn't say it's ruining movies. Like, you can't, like, manufacture that reaction that a lot of people had at the end of Infinity War when we started losing characters. Like, when Black Panther and Spider-Man got you know blipped or turned into dust what i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> it was just like Spoiler. <laughs> so many so just the shock of it all and just like the scene when in endgame uh as we talk about it just like captain america picking up a hammer and like everybody coming back like that is such a just pivotal scene to it but at the same time parasite and everything everywhere all at once are some of the best movies i've ever seen Mm. Um, and they, I know like Parasite won, uh, the Oscar for best picture, but at the same time, I still don't think he gets to love it. Absolutely deserves. Um, and everything everywhere all at once, it's not for everybody, but it's the best movie I've seen in like the past two years. And I've seen like Spider-Man No Way Home in December, which is one of my favorite superhero movies and movies in general, but everything everywhere all at once is super incredible. And like, she should be like one of the number one box office movies, but yeah. Yeah. Next question. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, next question is, what is the best superhero team? The Avengers, the Justice League, the X-Men, or the Fantastic Four? Oh, I don't think that is that hard of a question. Out of the list that you gave, well, first of all, I have to I have to quantify which X-Men Group like uh, what? Ooh, what era of X Men are we talking about? Oh, so, okay. Just right. pick. Yeah, just all right. Just so, pick. Okay. The first movie. Well, Avengers. If we're being super literal with that, if I have a little bit of wiggle room, if I can be a little 
out there with it. I would say I really enjoy the Uncanny X-Force, and I feel like they Ooh. kill. Literally, they kill. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Um, I think, so if we're talking just purely enjoyable to watch, I go Avengers for myself, but if we're actually talking practicality of a team and who would I want coming to save me as the best superhero team, it's X-Men all the way. Like they don't have as great morals amongst all of themselves. Like they're gonna do what it takes, you know, to save whoever they want their powers. Like you can pretty much find anything that you need for any situation depending on who the team is again um but so if i'm in danger i want the x-men <laughs> so this is shocking but i'm with the x-men <laughs> so like if we're being real before the mcu no one really cared about iron man and captain america like that let's just be 100 yeah, real absolutely nobody really cared about hawkeye nobody really cared about black no. widow and thor and hulk who are like top tier characters were standalones so the X-Men, like, if you just go down the list of X-Men, and I'm not even talking about, like, X-Men that are in the movies, like, comics, uh, the TV show, which is a classic, mm -hmm. which they're actually bringing back. Like, the X-Men have so much diversity. Yeah. And then just, like, even just the themes and meanings of the X-Men are, are incredible. So I have to go with the X-Men. Dang, it's crazy that we're all unanimous <laughs> on that one. X-Men all the way. Plus, hey, they're a metaphor for, for uh, racism. So I'm like, let's... All right, more representation for me. If I were to give a second pick, it would actually be the new Fantastic Four, which, <laughs> which instead of the usual lineup, it's actually Spider-Man, Wolverine, Hulk, and Ghost Rider. Squad. Wow. I yeah. Wait, is Nicolas Cage involved? <laughs> Please no. I, oh. <laughs> I have this deep-seated hatred. Everything hatred Nicholas Cage. What? Well, <laughs> Me <just> well. <laughs> we love you, Nick, friend of podcast. <laughs> please come visit us. But yeah, so getting on to the next question is, what is the worst movie or TV trope? Ooh. Remind me of what a trope is again. <laughs> so essentially just like anything that like just uh keeps recurring uh, over What is the worst trope? Um probably the you didn't pick me, therefore nobody can have you trope, where you have a romantic interest and it didn't work like it didn't work out between two people and then the woman usually a woman is scorned and then the guy gets a new girl or the girl gets a new guy and then they come out for revenge and want to kill everybody for some reason because they can't have what they want yeah i think that just in general it's always going to be for me the daddy issues thing you know like everybody kind of if they don't have some love that kind of went wrong it's always going to be a daddy issue so i think that's kind of overplayed i want to see more mommy issues I think. <laughs> I think for me i have a few that i like despise but there's two that kind of stand out so the first one is that we are two steps away from safety and then we want to stop and have a conversation <laughs> and then somebody dies when you can literally just escape that happens so many times and it's just like you can literally say okay you're literally about to die thank you for being stupid that could be our stupid character moment of the week <laughs> next time but the second one this is from arrow um and they kept doing it but it was essentially 
Uh, I'm not going to tell you the whole truth to protect you, oh, but you need you. this information to protect you. <laughs> and then you find out what it is. And now we have to have a conversation that distracts us from the goal when it all could have been skipped from telling you at the beginning. It's really annoying. So. Oh yeah. And you want to also know what's annoying my which is redemption equals death. Where if you're like a villainous character and you're like you're on your path to becoming a good guy, it's like, hey, I've done all of the most heinous acts possible. Um, yeah, the best way for me to, you know, redeem myself in the eyes of the people is to die and take everybody with me. Yeah. I'm just like, bruh, so you wrestle pro music. Yep. Mm-hmm. All of them or uh you I think in like uh, Doctor Octopus, Darth Vader. I'm I'm just here like, can't y'all just redeem the character and not kill them all? Like Zuko in Avatar. Come on, come on. And and then now we come to our last question, which is, what is the best anime or anime movie, TV, etc. What's the best fantasy world to live in? Oh, definitely not Attack on Titan. No. <laughs> Nowhere is safe. Nope. Um, okay. You said I can pick any... Anywhere. Anywhere. Okay. I would want to live in, like, the Studio Ghibli world of my neighbor Totoro. Oh, what a great I want to crawl through a tree trunk and end up in a magical forest with a bunch of great places to take a nap. Mm, yeah i think for me it's probably lord of the rings hobbit world definitely they have bread galore they have beer it's beautiful there you know i can definitely see myself living my best years um in the land of the hobbits nice (laughs) in the shire yes oh there you go the shire take me there Uh, it's tough for me because i wanted to go with the shonen world but the problem is is that you have the main character buffer which is hard to overcome so like you can't rise and save the world yourself only the main character can do it looking at naruto (laughs) um but uh, gosh because i would love to like be able to get to where i want on the merits of my own but i'll go with pokemon for now uh just because i i think it would be cool to be like a pokemon trainer have that bond um or pokemon as <laughs> yes but i think it would be cool to be that bond really trained and then just like see that evolution yeah and i think mine would actually be the world of one piece Ooh. you know just being able to sail the thieves on boats and if i get like a fruit to give me powers i'm like awesome i mean the the side effect of not being able to swim i mean i'm already in that so uh <laughs> so i'm good to go just send me there and plus no world ending threats to come try to run my fate every second yes all right so another segment that we tested out last week but it's going to be super exciting that you can either email us go to twitter or instagram us but the random fan theory of the week so this is just like Fans submit a question, an observation, or just a theory that you have and want to throw out. We will say, do not come to us with flat earth stuff, both of us. <laughs> we, you will be banned from the podcast. I will, and I will personally come find you. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of evidence to support that. <laughs> so, so tread carefully with your fan theory. Um, yes, yeah, so ladies, you have one? 
Um, I got one. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to make a lot of people angry with this, but I actually think that Sakura from Naruto is a villain because she never helps. And she never grows as a character or in her abilities, uh, like what, 200 plus episodes and we can't get better. So I have to assume she's doing it on purpose and she is purposely trying to slow down the team because she's just always in the way. Yeah, she about to, to come after. She's gonna have all the fans coming after. <laughs> That's okay. I'll take it. Come at me. She does have her Shippuden art, but at the same time, in the first series, she is absolutely useless. It's mm. Mm. <laughs> Um, Okay, so mine's less of a theory and more of an observation because I'm a very literal movie watcher, TV show watcher, so I don't spend much time thinking about it after the fact. Um, But two observations I had, if you've seen the new Batman movie, and I think I mentioned this to Meech, Batman should have died multiple times in the movie, so I think it was poor paying attention to like the cinematography or whatever. (laughs) or whatever um because he's not he should not survive some of those things that he experienced um number two for the new super or spider-man movie the whole thing wouldn't have even been a movie if he would have just been an adult and went and asked the question first <laughs> so i i died when dr Strange was like you haven't talked to them because that's like the whole movie was pointless after that like it was a great movie but those are two observations I had. <laughs> so electrocution and then falling in water isn't, you know, yeah. something yeah. that can take you out. <laughs> or falling out of a moving car. Like. <laughs> I know, you know, whole explosion in the face. Yes, exactly. I'm glad you all agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. All right, so one, uh, another new segment that we're introducing is Come Get Your Rose. So a lyric that always stuck with me is from the Greek philosopher Kanye West. <laughs> and it came, It comes from a song, Big Brother. And in it, he says, If you admire somebody, you should go ahead and tell them people never get the flowers while they can still smell them. And with that, it's essentially just saying that a lot of the times we always have the big, you know, social media post, uh, appreciation text, or the eulogy speeches after people are gone. So they never necessarily hear how appreciated they are. Um, so with that... We're going to take this segment to really just like, in most cases, give love to characters that are slept on or that we appreciate or also directors and writers. But for me, um, just as a note for the listeners, we're recording this on a Saturday and this is the day before Father's Day. So I'm going to give a rose to my dad. So, yeah, I want to give a rose to my dad who will not listen to this until my mom rushes into the room and makes him listen to it. (laughs) But just with that, I think one of the great things about him is that he's always been a consistent presence in my life. Um, I know we talked about stereotypes just early in the um, in the conversation and then also in our first ever episode. But a stereotype that's always just been really annoying to me is that if you talk about a black family, the dad is always missing or he's a bum. Um, and I think just that's something that people consistently go to. Um, but my dad has been in my life just all 26 years of it, um, consistently just married to my mom and I've seen him work so hard. Um, and that's why I just like seeing that trope of, okay, dad missing my life, which is a lot of people's experiences. And I don't want to knock that. So I just want to 
also give love to people that had to play a father, whether you're a woman or not a biological father to someone. But I've seen him work 12 hours a day, um, wake up at five in the morning, come home at six at night for like two, three days in a row, then take two days off then have his schedule flipped where he works at night at six and then comes home at 6 a.m. in the morning. Um, and he just, he was always a presence in my life. Um, with every rose, there's thorns as well, but I will save that for therapy. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, he just pushed us, um, having served in the military as a Marine. And then also just like not even having a college degree, but like literally every single one of my siblings have a master's and above, um, and just really appreciative of that. He taught me how to grind, how to work, put my head down and just keep going. So that was something that I just always appreciated. And he did come from the generation of a kid is not your friend, but I just remember all the moments where we'd watch Falcons games together and just like absolutely cause a ruckus in the house from how we were celebrating or yelling. So I just really appreciated that. Um, giving the rose to my dad, really just wanted to say thank you. Um, and just even for the moments where you didn't feel appreciated, just say sorry for that, but I just really love you and you can come get your rose. I'll attach it to a beer because you probably don't want a flower, but, uh, just with that also mom, you can stop recording his reaction now. All right, just going from there. Now we're going to get into recommendations. Meech, what do you have for us? Uh, yeah, so I have a couple of recommendations. Since we have some wonderful ladies here, I decided to shout out some also awesome ladies. Firstly is one of my friends, Gogo Cami. She's an awesome Twitch streamer. She streams things such as Life is Strange and Dead by Daylight, who I'm also a regular on. So definitely check her out on Twitch and it should be an awesome time. Uh, another YouTuber who I definitely am good friends with is Approach the Nerd. She is an amazing YouTuber. She mostly like reviews different CW shows such as when it was airing Flash, Arrow, Superman and Lois and all that type of deal. So definitely give her channel a shout out and a subscribe. I also have Overly Sarcastic Productions, which is a team of two uh, YouTubers named Blue and Red. Uh, Blue typically does a lot of history analysis and animations, while Red does more of the mythology and her, and her biggest series is Trope Talks, which you talk about all different tropes in media. So. I'll say definitely give all of them a shout out and subscribe as well. Yeah. And for me, just going from there uh, for recommendations, you mentioned it earlier in the pod, but Mad Max Fury Road, like Furiosa is literally one of the best characters in a, in a show. And Mad Max Fury Road is just like a cinema, cinematog cinematography, uh, yeah. <laughs> just masterpiece. Uh, it's very pretty to watch, <laughs> the simple way to say it. But I believe you can find that on HBO Max going from there. Punisher season two, um, I know, yes, Frank Castle is the main ca uh, character, but his relationship, I don't recall the uh, girl at the moment, but they had like a lovely, it was kind of like she was a surrogate daughter to him. And just that like relationship, you don't always see it. And they really played off of it and how he cared and kind of morphed as a character. But she also had her own arc in that, which was really incredible. Also, Jessica Jones season one is probably the best season of a live action superhero show I've ever seen. Um, 
that in Arrow season two, but Jessica Jones really just changed it in terms of just like, okay, this character isn't what we think it would be. Um, it doesn't fit any particular mold and it has an incredible villain and just like her actually working through the trauma of it all. I believe you can either catch that on Disney Plus or Netflix, depending on how their deal went. And then just also throwing it back to Disney, Mulan and Brave. Those are like two awesome, just like girls get it done if you watch the boys, <laughs> but just really great shows. And I believe you can catch that on Disney Plus. So going with that, Meech already took a deep breath and we can get into our plugs. And yes, yeah, so of course we have our Instagram and Twitter at the same handles of at blurred city 22 and then we also have our youtube page at blurred city pod b-l-e-r-d-c-i-t-y-p-o-d we have our patreon in case you want to come support us and also be able to see exclusive content also at blurred city pod and then finally we have our email which is blurred city 22 at gmail.com or if you want to submit your own random fan theory of the day or even your geek out freak out segments so please check all of these sites out and we'll see you soon yeah and just with that with the patreon we have our dr strange multiverse of madness movie review which was our first ever recording so you can just kind of see what our dynamic was how funny that was as we were figuring things out we also have an in-depth character study of gara which was really fun really exciting and thoughtful um, and then also just going from there, we're going to have new content content up maybe later this month or early July. Discord is coming soon, so just be on the lookout for that. For my individual author pages, you can catch me at Instagram, Mitri underscore Dash, so M-E-T-R-I underscore D-A-S-H, or Twitter at the Mad Dash 16. And then if you want to check out my book, Phantom Pain's Most Irregular Tale, you can catch that on Amazon. So Meech and I have talked enough and we'll be coming to you plenty of other weeks. But ladies, do you want to leave our people with words of encouragement? So this is more words of advice slash encouragement, but something that has really been a thematic element in my my past year is definitely being your own advocate. Um, I, when it comes to your personal health or your finances or anything that you are trying to achieve or work at it is definitely up to you to make that happen and even if somebody tells you like this isn't worth pursuing or you know there's nothing here um definitely sticking up for yourself and knowing when what is right for you is the you are the only person that knows what's right for you yeah i love that that's great advice um i would also say just they're kind of what we talk about this whole time. You know, there's nothing that is right or wrong to like or enjoy or find a hobby in um, being anyone, you know, a female, male, young, old, anything like that. You're never too young to be interested in something. You're never too old to be interested in something, you know, and you can also have a balance of all these different likes that may not fit the stereotype that you think or the mold that you think you fit. Um, so that's something I've learned too, of just being kind of like a mixed bag of like what my interests are. Um, but it's very rewarding because you meet so many different people, um, and learn so many things. So you can dabble in things and not know everything about it and still love it. Um, so continue to dabble, find different hobbies and just enjoy what you want to learn about and, and experience. Excellent. 
Thank you so much, ladies. This was just a special time. Um, definitely friends of the podcast now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank <laughs> yeah, hopefully we can have you soon again. So just with that, uh, ladies night is over, but the party doesn't <laughs> stop. Um, next week, you can check out our Star Wars review. And just leaving with this, it's not goodbye forever. It's just goodbye for now. That's Blur City. We're out. It's the end later.